righty, we are back the Choking Hazard podcast with uh, one of our like kind of first guests, Patrick Terrell is with us. He is our announcer at the Ace Jiu-Jitsu Pro Championships as we do the commenting. Patrick is the ideal candidate to talk to the people and get them in space where rather we stay behind the scenes and we send him out to deal with our, all the people out terrible there. terrible commenting, Aaron, for the record. <laughs> comment, not even commentating, it's just commenting on fights. Hey, you know what? Like, <laughs> I think people like our takes on things when we talk about, you know, the, the difference between Swiss Chalet and... Um, Bear. Yeah, exactly. Like, these are important takes, right? So, but I, you know I didn't know so many people were shitting on Saint Hubert. I I didn't think it was that bad. I've been in the times I've been to Quebec, it's been a, a nice little change of pace. I've, I've had nothing but great experiences at Saint Hubert. But you know what? I put like a poll out to see like what the deal, like who chooses what, and it was like Bush Chalet by a landslide. It wasn't even a contest. Maybe they just don't visit Quebec as often. It's possible, right? Maybe Aaron just voted like several times for Swiss LA. No, you can only vote once. Only vote. Maybe I'm on my burner account, so I'm not sure. Aaron's padding his stats. <laughs> I, I'll just say I'll just say this. My uh, my business partner Tony Isaacs. Uh, let's just say he's a he's a big fan of Swiss LA, and he's very supply prized that a lot of his people do not eat there. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Don't cancel me. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> so patrick what is going on man it's been uh well we saw each other recently but we haven't had you on the podcast in a while so how things going otherwise uh it's good man thanks guys thanks again for having me back uh been really really busy uh just trying to build uh build neo and and uh kind of like provide the community with a with a, as amazing service as we can and you know uh we're growing so it's it's been tough to manage, but uh, enjoyable nonetheless. Excellent. So obviously like being, you're kind of like got your hands in a lot of different things, obviously with ACE Jiu-Jitsu Championships happening. Um, we are going to get more in depth, especially like when we look at world um, championships coming up, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing that we wanted to chat about. So let's kind of, I'm going to leave the ball over to you because I know there's a lot of things that you want to kind of talk about because we do have a lot of competition coming up and then especially in the springtime that's happening, but we got a big one coming up April. No, sorry. Yeah. April 1st. Yeah. So let's, April let's chat 1st. about it. Yeah. So uh, the nationals, so the Canadian nationals, um, it's a, it's, it's a, we're trying to push this event uh, because honestly, this is uh, going to be my third year of involvement <laughs> with uh the cja and having been to abu dhabi it really really inspired me like having been there with all these amazing athletes and competing against um, athletes from across the world that you would never compete with or even hang out with or train with otherwise um it really inspired me to uh, try and uh, have a more active role in promoting the national team and promoting the national championships and getting people to sign up for the tournament uh, because those who qualify for it, if they find their way over to uh, wherever it is in the world that the uh, world championships are held um, to represent Team Canada, it's going to be an unbelievable experience. Um, I missed the first uh, two, the first two years. Uh, the, ones, the one world championship was in, um, I believe it was in Sweden. And then the next, the year after that was in Colombia. Both experiences, I was, my roommates, um, my roommates, 
at the time, Andrew Buckley, when I went to Abu Dhabi with him, he was telling, he was telling me how it was just an unbelievable experience. And this is a chance really for people who love to train in jiu-jitsu and who love to compete in jiu-jitsu to see jiu-jitsu being uh, practiced, performed, and um, to see other competitors from across the globe uh, do their thing. And that alone inspired me to take a more active role in, in promoting the national team. So, Pat, I, I got a question for you. So, a lot of people are wondering, like, JJIF, IBJJF, Abu Dhabi, like, what are the differences between, like, the main organizations and why why is the JJIF so, so important, not just to you, but to, I guess, growing the amateur as well as indirectly the professional uh, jiu-jitsu scene? Okay, so there's just really one bottom line. Um, the JJIF, should jiu-jitsu ever become an Olympic sport, the road would lead through the JJIF. Like the IBJJF is a for-profit organization, right? So the JJIF is um, managing and organizing amateur sport, right? So much like uh, the IJF for, for judo, right? So this is their equivalent for jujitsu. Now, um, I, I see a lot of, honestly, I see a lot of trashing online too, right? Like people don't understand um, jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu as a, a, a martial art is amazing, but as a sport, sometimes can get a little boring to watch, right? So, um, the JJIF has various rule sets, um, depending on the style. Like if you guys, if we're just doing say straight grappling, it would be like Niwaza, Niwaza style, like just grappling, but there's also jiu-jitsu fighting, which I think I feel that there's a bit of a mis, um, misconception about, right? I thought, I, I, I watched the jujitsu fighting. Uh, so basically it has um, three levels of, um, of scoring, right? Where you have like a striking component, a takedown component, and then a Niwaza component. I, I feel that there's been a bit of a misunderstanding, a misconception, or um, you know, a lot of back and forth going on between like more traditional BJJ guys like us and people who are trying to push it. But to be honest with you, if jiu-jitsu does become an Olympic sport, I feel that it will go that route where there is going to be a like straight up Niwaza, like just ground fighting um, aspect. And there will also be like a jiu-jitsu fighting aspect. So that's why, you know, I, I just want to help promote the experience and promote like the differences between the, the rule sets just to help people in the community understand you know exactly what it is and why we're pushing it so hard so let me ask you this because like when we look at like the ideas of like amateur and then pro right because i think the biggest thing when we look at a lot of athletes are okay well they want to get paid for grappling and just in general they want to start getting into pro shows and all that kind of stuff Where's going to be, where do you think, and you might not even have the answer to this, like, where do you think the line's going to be? Because like, if we're trying to keep a sport amateur, for example, you're, you're competing in their IBJJF, your local tournaments, and then obviously for the national team. But then if you start going to shows of being like, who's number one or fight to win and all these things where they pay athletes, is that going to disinclude the individual from the national teams as an amateur level? Oh, that's a really good, that's a really good question because that you have a point there, 
like once people start getting paid for stuff, they, they become professional athletes. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, the, the NBA started a precedent with sending their pro athletes to mm-hmm. the Olympics. Right. So, uh, I'm, this is my opinion. I'm going to say it shouldn't have an effect. If like, if you're, if, if you're doing fight to wins and if you're doing who's number one, and if you start getting paid for these like big events, like mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if you try to represent your country in, in, in this aspect, I, I think, I feel that rules have to be in place. But in, in my opinion, I mean, the best grapplers are the best grapplers, whether yeah. they're professional or not. So there is a line there that it's super gray, man. <laughs> you know, you, you get. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that... the same idea is like even like do you like a hockey teams and then the basketball right. and baseball. And like, I, I get it. Like there has to be agreements. Right. But I think that's it was just a question. Right. Because you're going to have all these different. Do we want it to be amateur sport or pro? Right. Because then you're going to get like all honest, sorts of different people we're su- we're in such an we're still in such an infancy stage of this yeah. that um mm-hmm. in my personal opinion my professional opinion we should have the more the merrier mm-hmm. we, just, we just need to get these athletes out there and try to like represent their countries and 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 go uh men the 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 athletes from other countries like these countries like uh the israel um, Thailand, uh, Kazakhstan, they come in force. Like they, they bring a ton of athletes, right? They, they come full force for these events. Right. So yeah, like for us in North America, like we should be bringing just as many now, albeit there is a difficulty because we would have to travel across the world. Right. But you know, it's no different from like, if you play rep hockey, rep basketball, right. There are, there is an expense to an extent that you'd have to spend, um, to be part of these experiences right so yeah i think a best analogy is we had a tony on a previous podcast that aaron refuses to release for some reason and uh, he related it to amateur and professional hockey so the amateur like sporting body would be for example the I, uh, ihhf like the international iihf the international ice hockey uh federation federation yeah. and, and and they're the ones that kind of oversee, like, you know, Olympic hockey and all that. But then what you said is, hey, you'll have NHL players playing in the Olympics and they're getting paid millions of dollars. But then you also have professional sporting bodies like the NHL, where you have the best, you know, basically hockey players from all over the world getting paid millions of dollars to do that. So I guess from my perspective is why can't you have both? Both are great to develop both streams, amateur and professional. Well, I, I, I agree. And, and, um, a lot of it is a lot of it is a, like old school, traditional wording, right? Like, uh, let's face it, man. Um, when you're training for these Olympic level events or world level, I, I I'm looking at the, the promotions for the nationals and it talks about world level athletes. Well, you know, if you're, if you're a world level athlete, you're training like a pro, like you're, you know, you're not training like an, an amateur to do an amateur sport. Like you're doing, you're, you're trying to train like a professional athlete to try to get yourself to the next level. Right. So, I mean, yeah, like, you know, there's no such thing as amateur training and, and pro training when you're getting to this like elite world-class level. So yeah, I, I, the more the merrier in, in my opinion, let's bring it, bring it. Let's get all of our best guys and let's all get over there. Now I have a question. So 
I don't, I, like I'd never been to obviously one of these competitions, but now when you look at like the gold medal and obviously the gold standard for these comps, are they drug testing? Yeah. Uh, funny, <laughs> funny you mentioned that, um, Abu Dhabi, the, so Abu Dhabi had, um, I believe they had the contract for three years to do the world championships, GHAF mm -hmm. world championships there. So, um, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild. So if you hit gold or silver, uh, they bring you to the back and then they drug test you like right away. Right. <laughs> in, in the adult divisions. Yeah. Man. So that means, hold on. That means me and Aaron are definitely out of this competition. So, so we're out. Oh, hey, man. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. Especially Aaron, he's gonna melt the cup. The melt, yeah. I'll melt the cup. So you're telling me that like Ragnar and fucking Cyborg and all those other guys, they they're not gonna be able to go to these. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, again, the the perception. Uh, I was talking to a couple of guys from Brazil. Uh, I was in when I was warming up for my my division. Um, when I, the last time I was, I was there and, and yeah, again, the, the general perception is that like the skill level, like, isn't as high. So to answer your question, I, these elite, the, the elite, elite Brazilians, like they, they probably wouldn't even look in this direction. Right. But at the same time, why not, why not grow the sport and show how good you guys really are at, uh, um, at, at this level. You know, um, if the more the more top level guys show up at these events and represent their country, then the more chances that other countries' top level guys are going to go. It's just like one after the other, right? Like iron sharpens iron, even on the competition mats. So, gotcha. Well, like 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 what Mike's hero says is like steroids beat technique all the time, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so exactly, I agree. <laughs> So my, my question is, Aaron, uh, do we send Nicky Rod? Would he represent the USA if it's drug tested? Natty Rod. He, like I said, he will piss on that cup and it'll catch on fire. Piss on simple. that cup. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he's in it. I don't want him on, on it, over it. He has to place it. one, two first. I mean, it's highly likely he'd place one or two. So, but, yeah. but yes, for sure. They, they'll, they'll pull you, they're going to pull you aside and then they're going to say, here's the cup. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Excellent. So when you look at like, what do you think are like some of the next steps as far as like helping either promote obviously this event, but obviously like future events to get more people involved in these national, because again, like if we're looking for Canada's top talent. How do we get all those people congregated in obviously whether it's Ontario, did we have to expand outside of Ontario to get these competitions going to get these athletes together? I was actually talking to Tony about this um, on on the plane ride and um, you know, the, every province should try to get their, like the PSO together to basically host their own provincial championships. And then hopefully we can get together and then start to like organize like a true national championship, right? Mm -hmm. But because, because very few um, have been able to do so, um, this is again, uh, I don't want to be misquoted, but this is my understanding of it. And it's, it, you know, Ontario right now is, is, is the most organized, right? So we're taking that torch and we're inviting everyone else to come this way, right? Um, 
but hopefully, hopefully it improves, right? Like I'd be down, uh, uh, I'd be down to travel to BCE and do something and, and do like a national championships there. If, if it ever happens in the future, I'd be down to go to Winnipeg and, you know, I would like to see that. Ugh, Winnipeg, why? Ugh. Hey, whatever. Like, my opinion is like, I would be totally down to take my kids. My, my uh, uneducated opinion is on Winnipeg, it sucks, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> But yes, you know, Regina, I'll go to Regina and uh, do the Saskatchewan national championships and then have everyone from Ontario go over there. I mean, ultimately, that's that's how I see it, that if if uh, if I was able to put all the chess pieces together myself, then, yeah, in a perfect world, you know, every year should we should be able to rotate. Mm -hmm. But it does take a ton of organization. And again, to Mm -hmm. my understanding, like we're so far the most organized, so hence yeah. we can take the torch. Well, I jo- think I'll- joking aside, though, you, you brought up a an important point. Is you know it's you know everybody's like, oh, like you're in Ontario, you're just sending all these people to nationals. There's there's still some provinces you can't even legally run Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, such as right. Quebec, for example, without a because they don't have a, an, a, an official PSO. I, from my understanding, is they're currently working on it, but I think to get the sport to the next level, you need to build the amateur side of things and then the professional will follow. And I think that's, I think that's a very important point that you brought up too, is like, we need to get all on the same page. Like every province, especially even if it's Manitoba, unfortunately you have to work with Manitoba, shout out to <laughs> Winnipeg. But with that said, in all seriousness, we need to, every province needs to get organized. So that way we can build the sport to the next level, not just, in Canada, but across the globe. Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And you know, um, the the competitive advantage that a lot of these countries from across the globe have is that they're um, they're uh, they're funded. A lot of them are funded by like their governments to some extent. So, like these kids. So I'm just going to talk about the U21s, U18s, and U16s because that's that's where that's where my passion lies, right? With with the with the Ute. So with the Ute. So these kids, like, they fight with a, a desperation like no other, right? And and it's really, really, really inspiring. It's really inspiring to watch how these kids like spam the rule sets. Like you know, they fight to win. They will grab on into every single advantage they can, and they'll hold on to the death, right? Because a lot of times, like these kids are funded by their governments. If they lose, maybe they don't get to do jujitsu anymore, at least for that year, right? So you know, like these kids really, really fight to win uh, over there. They they fight with an unreal determination, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's funny because like even you saying that like the youth competition, like I was at a tournament over the weekend, sorry, uh, like a super fight show and they had two juvenile matches that went on and they were probably the most exciting matches out of the entire card. And not the thing that the card was bad, like it's just saying like it's the most fast paced, the most stuff going on were those two matches because those kids were just going after each other. Man, kids here in North America, like we're, we've got so much talent here. Um but you know we don't have it nearly as tough as kids from across the globe right so like imagine these kids like of this like these kids 
are so talented because they want to represent for their school. They want to represent for their, their parents, their families, their friends. They're, that's the pressures that they have here in North America, right? They have the same pressures down there in Israel. They have the same pressures down there with the added pressure of, oh, by the way, like we're funding you to be here, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like there's a chance that you won't come back next year if you lose. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's madness, man. It's, it's wild, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely fun to watch. So when you look at like, if you had to kind of put like a rally call on this whole thing where it'd be like, okay, you got one, like, this is what we want to blast out to the internet, blast out the people and be like, okay, Hey, this is how we're, we're going to do it. What do we need to tell people or the, the competitors out there and be like, Hey, we need you to come to these tournaments. What's your rally call for these guys? My rally call is you miss a thousand percent of the shots that you don't take. That's so, a lot of shots. It's <laughs> a thousand shots. That's a lot of shots. Yeah. yeah. You miss. If you don't take a shot, you're going to miss out an opportunity. Like sign up for the tournament. Try to make your way. Try to qualify qualify for the national team, get invited. And then, you know, then you can take it from there, right? We want the best U21s, U18s, U16s, adults. We want the best adults to come out and prove that they're the best in in Canada, like prove it, right? And then you win your spot, you earn your spot. And then if it's not for you, we're going to move on to the next, like to the next people on the list, right? But if the list is only like three people, then okay, obviously one and two are gonna get invited, right? Mm-hmm. But the more people, you know, if the list is eight to nine people, I mean, that's very exciting, right? You guys gotta shoot your shot. Like the, this uh, this kind of an opportunity to represent your country, it it, it goes beyond like, you know, and, and being like an IBJJF champion, right? Obviously it's super glamorous, like that's, everyone's goal is to win a big IBJJF tournament. Everyone who competes in jiu-jitsu, sorry. Mm-hmm. Any, anyone who competes in, in jiu-jitsu, like, you know, that's a big goal of theirs, right? Ah, oh, I want a medal. I want to hit the podium at one of these IBJJF majors, right? But why not prove that you're the best in your country and see if you can get another opportunity to experience, you know, a world that you may otherwise never see, yeah. right? Yeah, these kids who came with us, um, and again, I'm going to speak more from uh, on a perspective of U21s, U18s, U16s. Last year, we took the most of that of those categories ever, right? And I was honored enough to be able to organize and coach a lot of those kids, and just to watch them interact with you know people from like Africa, people from the Middle East, right? People from Asia, you know, we were sharing training spaces with these guys and. Um, and just, just see how universal jujitsu is. They have these kids now, like the Julianas and Hannahs and Malcolms and Pierres of, of, of our community. They have an op, they, they have stories to tell their friends who do jujitsu that most people will never be able to tell. Right. And it's because they shot their shot. So shoot your shot. That's my message. Come and come and come and compete. And then we'll see, you can see for yourself. If it's for you, if you can raise, if you can fundraise and, and, you know, build your GoFundMe accounts and try to get yourself, you know, there. 
Do you feel, uh, well, um, actually, here's a question. So how's the registration going so far? Like, have we gotten the spot where like, hey, you know what? Like, and it's not to say that competitors have gone in the past of, you know, they only had like a, two people in their division, but like, are we getting that traction where we're, we're going to see more people competing for that national team spot? Because I mean, like at the end of the day, like IBJJF, yeah, like that's what the, like you said, like the glamour idea, like, cause everybody knows about it. It's on flow. It's here. You see it. It's all IBJJF world 100%. championships or whatever. But you think about a national title, like you're, you're the best in your country and you're the, and again, if you go to the world and you go across the country, across the world to go compete for a gold medal, that it, it's an Olympic gold medal, basically. It's just not Olympics. Like that, that's huge compared to IBJF. I'm sorry, that's my opinion, but. We have an opportunity to be trailblazers in the sport for the, like for Canada, right? And it's, if you're, if again, if you are a trailblazer, more opportunities will open up for other people. So one of like, you know, this is a philosophy that I fully believe in, right? You may not happen for you today, but it, you might open up opportunities for the people after you. And that is just as important. That's just as important. If you grow, the way we grow, the way we're growing our sports varies. Sometimes it's very secular, right? We want to just, you know, be, be the best, you know, be the best in Canada, like be the best in Ontario, right? I want to win all these local tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, I'm looking at the registrations right now. And what I'm really like impressed with is the amount of kids now, the amount mm -hmm. of kids. So, so it looks like, um, because we've opened up non-qualifiers. So now kids eight, nine, 10, 11 are registering. That is dope because I'm hoping that they're going to have an amazing experience. Those kids are going to turn into youth next year they're going to register for nationals mm -hmm. they're going to win so now you're going to have like uh i'm just going to pull out a random name here right uh joshua roberts okay like he's a kid right he wins nationals as a youth then he wins nationals again as uh, a kid's three he wins nationals youth one he wins nationals youth two and he wins nationals joshua roberts becomes a three-time national champion and then he turns 14. Now he goes under 16 and now he goes under in the qualifier. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. Right? Like how cool would that be for a kid like this to be like, I'm a three-time national champion. I'm the best in Canada. You guys can't beat me. And now I'm going to qualify for the national team when his time comes. Right. And this is what's, this is what's inspiring me right now. Like I'm like kind of scrolling down the list, lots of kids. Um, I think it's very smart. Um, shouts out to, uh, the, uh, the OJA, CJA, I think it was very smart for them to include non-qualifier divisions to get mm -hmm. them, get these, get these non-qualifiers used to signing up for this tournament so that when they become qualifiers, the hype is there. Gotcha. I think at the end of the day, you mentioned something very important is like when I was like a blue belt and a purple belt many, many moons ago with Aaron there weren't really a lot of opportunities to like, oh, like I'm going to go to nationals. I'm right. going to do this event and like, I'm going to get paid. There wasn't really much of that. It was like, you go do pans, you go do worlds and maybe you, maybe you try to do some privates. Maybe you try to teach at your gym that you're at. And that's really about it. Now there's a lot more, 
where whether it's amateur or not, you're getting, there's more opportunities. And when there's more opportunities, there'll be more financial opportunities for everybody, amateur or professional, it doesn't matter. 100%. And, and I'm going to say something about self-promotion. Okay. Like there's shameless self-promotion. <laughs> there's like uh, extreme self-promotion, but there's also self-promotion in terms of using your clout to get sponsorships, right? Now, the more of these tournaments you win, the more you can say that you're, so let's say, let's, let's see, like the three biggest, the three most prestigious tournaments um, are what, the Ontario Open? Yeah, let me say one of them. We're talking in Ontario or the country? In, uh, in Ontario. Yeah, Ontario. Let's say Open. Ontario. Ontario Open. So what? In provincials, right? Yeah. And and then hopefully nationals, right? So if you're if you're a kid or a youth, and you win nationals like say four or five times, or let's say you're a, a, a an adult white belt, right? And then you win nationals twice, and then and then you win again, right? And you're also winning. You're also mopping people at provincials and Ontario Open. So now you have this like resume of I'm an X time national champion, X time provincial champion, X time Ontario Open champion. Well, now you can use that on your social media, right? You know, and you can use that to try to get sponsors to sponsor your accommodations, your flights and accommodation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, again, there is work involved in getting yourself from point A to point B. So it's not like I win, therefore you must pay for me. Like it doesn't work that, unfortunately the world doesn't work that way, right? You have to win and then you have to use the clout you built to try to like build on it, right? The more you build on it, the better it is gonna be, the more opportunities you can open up, right? And I find that we don't look for enough opportunities. We're not using our uh, accomplishments like, um efficiently right yeah like i i think that's what but that's all you have good coaches good role models to help you build that right so obviously like hey this is how we're going to help you build your credibility help you build the way that you can you know financially support yourself to go to these types of tournaments right yeah 100 100 right you're, and, you're, I, and, and again like i don't want to i don't want to I'm not here to talk about like, like coaches. Every coach is wonderful. There's a reason why coaches have people at their academies because they, they, they flock to them, right? Like, like minds think alike and they stick together. Right. So, you know, I'm sure that everyone creates and I see it all over the community. I see it online on social media. The schools are starting to really pick up and try to get their, get support for their students. Right. And, but ultimately, like, you know, we can use these accomplishments that we that that we have or that we attain to, like, help promote ourselves, you know, and and it's working. A lot of kids, a lot of kids are, are, are getting these uh, are, are getting these sponsorships. It's working. I can see it. And it's fun. It's it's pretty awesome to see. That's awesome. All right, man. So, like. Before we kind of wrap up, like, is there anything else kind of like that we want to either put out there in the world? Either than is April first, national championships going. So the national yeah. qualifier, sorry. Um, so, you can still register. Registration is still open. When's the registration close? All right. So let's let's wrap it up like this. So April first, Canadian National Championship. 
okay? Kids, juveniles, adults, masters. It's uh, going to be at Centennial College. That's in Scarborough, Progress Avenue in Scarborough. You guys can check this out on Smooth Comp, okay? Uh, early bird registrations are done. Normal registration, the deadline is March 27, okay? Weigh-ins, by the way, weigh-ins. Your weigh-in uh, for nationals, on, if you're going for qualifiers, is not in the gi, right? So if you're going for a non-qualifier uh, division, you would weigh in like as a regular like OJA tournament. But it's really important to note that if you're looking to uh, win one of the qualifiers, your weigh-in, your weight will be number one in kilos, and number two, you'd weigh in without the gi. Uh, is that day before or day of? There is day, there will be a day before weigh-in, and they're also going to be a, a, a day of weigh-in. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, the qual the qualifiers uh, for the for the world team are going to be adults, adults blue and up, uh, under twenty one, under eighteen, under sixteen. Right. Everyone else uh, is considered non qualifier. Masters, if you win your if you win your blue and up divisions, you can uh, you you can potentially be invited um, to compete uh, at the World Championships. And uh, yeah, in July, the World Championships, the JJIF World Championships, are going to be in Mongolia. And in August, the U21, U16, U18 Championships will be in Kazakhstan. Ooh. So. Yeah, it's going to be fun times, fun times. Adults and masters will be in Mongolia. Mongolia, okay. Is, is there going to be drug testing in Mongolia? Man, those guys are huge, man. Like, I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. but if, there, if there's drug testing, count me and Aaron out. <laughs> yeah, I, man, I, I, I hope to never face someone from Mongolia, man. It's scary. I was uh, world masters. I think after I was uh, supporting your match, Mike, I, the the one the mat next to you was this gigantic Mongolian dude like on the other side because you were on one side of the mat and the other the other <laughs> the other nine mats there's this one gigantic Mongolian dude he just ripped through his division man and he did scared. was he coming into the mat on a horse no 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 he didn't Genghis Khan his way onto the mat <laughs> <laughs> did he did he try to break down the Great Wall of China. It looked like he could break the Great Wall of China. Down oh, Jesus! With okay. his bare hands, he was. With his bare hands. Fun. That's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Coming in on horse. Coming in on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, I hope I hope to see a lot of people uh, register, and you know, uh, right now, so far, so good. And uh, let's get more people in there. Let's get more people. And and like I said, you guys, got to shoot your shot. This is a really good chance for you to leave a mark on the community um, that's um, off the beaten path, right? So far, again, we're still, in, we're still in our infancy, but let's make this mainstream. Like, let's make this one of the more prestigious, most prestigious um, titles to win. Yeah. Well, and you I, made an important, that's an important point. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't make. Wayne Gratzky, hyphen, Michael Scott. Michael Scott, right? And I think the biggest thing you also said too is like people have always been complaining that there's no opportunity for them. They're, they don't have a platform. They don't have something to do. This is that platform. This is their opportunity to do it. And if they don't do it, that's 100% on them and they should stop bitching. Plain and simple. Um, before we go, I want to talk about one athlete in particular 
um, perfect example, actually. Um, her name is Rain Faf. And um, so she's doing, she was doing really well in, 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 lo in locals, right? She competed nationals. She won her division and then she went and was able to represent, right? Um, super nice girl, right? She's a, and she competed at the ACE. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, ACE right. Club, right? Yeah, I remember. And um, man, she won. She won the world championships. Like she won her division. Like it was unbelievable, right? So like you would have, you know, if Rain stayed local, right? Then that's you it. You never know. You never you know never what she's gonna do. But she shot her shot. Ended up in Abu Dhabi, had an amazing time. She got to see the desert. She got to see, she got to do so many things that like so many cool things. And on top of that, she went and Rick rolled her division. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And it's like, and, and, and then after that, it's like, okay, now Rain's one of the top girls around. Let's invite her to the Ace Jiu Jitsu Pro Cup. Shameless plug. But that's how it works, right? Like yeah. you, you kind of build your rep through your accomplishments um here through shooting your shot you creating opportunities and rain smashed down a door and she can say she's a world champion right yeah. and not many people can no for sure the bottom line i think before we that's the biggest message for everybody you need to shoot your shot plain and simple shoot your shot yeah awesome. man. or as aaron likes to say shoot your shoot shoot your shoot <laughs> shoot, shoot your shoot yeah so <laughs> shoot shoot your shoot aaron Shoot my shoot. That's it. Shoot yeah. down the shoot. <laughs> guys, guys, when are we uh when are we training and recording another uh Aaron and Coach P rolling session? Oh yeah, we need to do that too. <laughs> it's March break. Yeah, when it when is that happening, Aaron? And where what location are we gonna be doing that at? Say send send location. Send location, yeah. Um I don't know. You just need to make sure we're invited first. Yeah. You're always yeah. invited, man. You're yeah. Always, yeah. Yeah, well, 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 we'll make it I'm, out to Brampton. I say we make it out to Brampton. We'll go to, we'll go, we'll do the traveling rotation. So yeah. what, what days do you have noon classes now? Tomorrow and Wednesday. Come, come. I'll send location. Tuesdays. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys yeah. can be, well, right, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. out of me, man. We're, we're, it's my last week before pans. Oh, you got your pan stuff going on. Yeah. Cool. Please, please come and just break, just break coach P man. Just beat me up. Okay, I'll uh, I'll see what I can do. I'll check my schedule. All right, guys. Well, Mike, what we, we can sell my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I, I don't know what Mike's schedule is like, so he's, yeah, he's, well, he's working in like three different places. I have no idea anymore. I'm ba I'm basically I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, uh, Mike, Mike's uh, Mike's enjoying uh, owner life now. Well, that's that, that entrepreneurial life with the oh, he's still, it's a whole deal, a whole different thing. Yeah. Well, actually, Mike, I might come see you on Thursday. I'm trying. I've been trying to come and see you guys, but I might, I might make it happen this Thursday. You are welcome anytime you want, sir. Yeah. Well, actually, if you're going to do Thursday night, why don't we do Thursday night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. Mike, you going to be there? All right. You're teaching or Thursday what? Am I going to be there? Yeah. You got to work? Of course going to be there. It's my school, you jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yo guys, um, thanks again. I, I I hope I represented uh, the uh, the association well uh, in this conversation. But I, I really wanted just to really share uh, my thoughts on why this is important, right? And uh, you know, like all all jokes aside, like it's 
it's a really, 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 really life-changing experience to travel and to travel doing something you love to do. There's nothing, there's nothing better than that to see the world uh, through a lens of something that you already enjoy doing. Right. Yeah. So yeah, guys. So thanks again. And uh, hopefully I'll see you. Well, I'll see you guys on Thursday for sure. Yeah, man, for sure. Awesome. Pat been a great pleasure. Love having you on the show and we will talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you guys. All right, buddy. See ya. Peace.